If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's also tools that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. It can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimal listens. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And don't forget to subscribe to My Ugly Truth Podcast. An unfiltered, uncensored, raw storytelling podcast. I'm tired and angry, but somebody should be. Welcome to another episode of my Ugly Truth Podcast. Save me a press. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of my Ugly Truth Podcast. And today we have a guest speaker. Her name is Amber Grubman. And she is also a podcaster. She has a podcast called Women's Dating and Confidence Podcast. And she has a a program called The Solution to Dating Anxiety that you can get on her website. And all the information will be in the bio as well as the end of this episode with her social media accounts as well. So let's welcome Amber to My Ugly Truth Podcast. Hi, my name is Amber Grubman. I am the host of the Women's Dating and Confidence Podcast, and I do one-on-one dating anxiety coaching with women who feel so anxious in dating that it's actually affecting every part of their life. I guess we can start and talk about your podcast and when you started. How long ago started this podcast? I started my podcast a year ago. What influenced you? What made you bring this passion out? Well, I started the podcast a year ago, but I had already been working for about two and a half years as a coach, uh, working with Dr. Aziz Ghazipura. And so um, I had been working with him doing confidence coaching, social anxiety coaching, and dating coaching. And um, he's always been really supportive of me doing my own thing as well. So I really love talking about dating, specifically for women. And originally, the podcast was going to be called Dating Insecurities. (laughs) That's a good one. Yeah, and I just made a list of all of my insecurities that I had that I felt like nobody was talking about or people were talking about them but kind of in a um, surface level way so I wrote down all the things I wish somebody had told me things that I wish people would talk about more and then I decided I should probably not call it dating insecurities because that sounds kind of drab and dreary so (laughs) um, instead it's the women's dating and confidence podcast and um, yeah, so but I still like to talk about the dark stuff, the the pain and the insecurities and like the crippling insecurities that we have that we don't really share with people um, and how that affects dating. No, I totally agree. I actually um, subscribed to your podcast and uh, I saw a lot of your titles. I was like, wow, these are all like so resonating with me as well. I mean, I think anyone in, in this age, um, in their 20s and 30s, can relate to a lot of the episodes that you have out there, especially with anxiety. Anxiety is such a huge thing. Yep, that's like my specialty. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. And, and so you work with a therapist? Um, So he used to be a therapist and now he's a coach and um, his niche is a little bit more expanded 
than mine. So okay, well, how often do you do your episodes? I do my episodes once a week, every Tuesday right now. Okay, mine's every Wednesday. Okay. Nice. And yeah, what feedback have you been getting that kind of like pushes you to keep going? Yeah, so right now I've been pretty lucky and there have only been five-star reviews on the podcast. And I think the one thing people say is that it's so relatable. Um, and I think that comes from me talking about stuff that people don't usually talk about. And um, like every episode is born out of my own personal experience. Yeah, I feel that, yeah. <laughs> so it's not just something that I read in a book somewhere and then I'm just regurgitating information. And I think that's why people can relate to it is because it's actually coming from personal experience. Like I know the most intimate thoughts that women have when they're dating and they're feeling anxious that they don't want to tell anybody. Um, and that's what I like to share in the podcast. And I feel like it's important for me to do that. No, yeah, I agree with you. I'm 100% with you there. I feel like, you know, if you're helping somebody out from your pain, from your situation, you know, like you're doing good things. And I totally agree with that. Yeah. Um, and so what, what would you say is like, uh, have you sacrificed or have to like risk to, to do this? Or what, you know, what hardship have you gone through that has helped people? I like to kind of jokingly brag that I feel like I face more rejection than most people in dating. Um, and the reason why I brag about that is because I see that as a sign of taking bold action and really putting yourself out there. Um, if you're putting yourself out there and dating, you're definitely going to get rejected from time to time. Yeah. And so I feel like I've had a lot of experiences in the past with heartbreak and rejection and also just really struggling to figure out how attraction works more like the principles of attraction between couples like okay. when you're dating somebody like why is it that like I feel like I am an awesome person and I have all these friends I have it going on but then when I date someone I can't get past the first date exactly where I'm at <laughs> Yeah, that was my issue for a really long time is like, okay, I'm great at getting first dates, but I've only been on first dates for like a year now. So <laughs> I, I agree with you. Like I, I've been told that people like you have such a great personality and you're, you know, you're attractive and very outgoing and you could be fun. Like, I don't understand why you're single. I'm like, uh, join the club. I don't know either. <laughs> Yeah, for me, it was definitely, I think, uh, what it really came down to was I really wanted a boyfriend, and that was really important to me at the time, and therefore, I would be kind of a social chameleon, and I would, like, bend over backward people, and because I wanted that so badly, I would be a people pleaser and, like, a social chameleon and kind of bend over backwards to please and agree with everything that the men that I was dating said and it turns out that's not really attractive and that actually right. you feel like love yourself more and so I think that was kind of my version of perfectionism is like I'll just be the perfect girl and then yeah you'll like whether I agree or not I get what you're saying mm -hmm. okay do you have anything that's going on that you want to promote or anything you know that you're working on that maybe you want to get the word out there well, I always have my uh, the Solution to Dating Anxiety coaching program, so that's available right now, and that's on my website, ambergrubenman.com. I'll make sure to put that on the bio. Okay, and then yeah. um, what exactly is that program? Yeah, so that's one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching with me, and basically I coach people through the anxiety so that they can relax more in dating and actually enjoy themselves. 
Okay, so is that like a weekly thing or is that like a like a one-time session? Uh, it's a three-month intensive uh, with weekly coaching. Okay, awesome. So how long have you been doing that? Um, dating anxiety has been my thing since I started, so about a year now, that program. So what do your clients think? Like, I'm guessing it, obviously, they're very thankful and they're happy with the outcome. Yeah, exactly. And um, I attract two kinds of people, either people who feel really anxious in the dating process, like the beginning stages where you're getting into a relationship or people who are in a relationship, the anxiety is showing up in a different way where they feel really jealous or afraid of the person leaving them. Um, so those are the two people that I can really help. Okay. Yeah, so I'm actually really curious about your last relationship. So um, I don't know if you actually listened to some of the episodes of my podcast. I, I've been divorced twice, was engaged to someone I was with for five years, and a month before my wedding, he ghosted me. And um, I've been single ever since for two years. He comes in and out of my life communication-wise, but he moved back home. And I just feel like I can't find anyone that's in the mental level as me. Now, you know, I'm a single mom with two kids and two failed marriages and a third failed relationship. It's like, what what would you recommend for me to eventually find somebody out there? Like, what would you say? So he ghosted you. We had issues. His mom didn't really uh, agree with the relationship, I think, because she felt like I kept him in Florida and he his hometown's <laughs> in Maryland. And um, she always, always had issues. I mean, she's over overbearing mother and he just, I don't know what spell she's got him under, but she, he just does everything that she says. And she came in town. There was, you know, we were having issues and he just literally, the car that I co-signed for him, he just took the car and started driving north and I didn't find out for two weeks where the heck my fiance was and wow. yeah like not having even got an apology I mean he comes in and out with communication but he he's so afraid of his family finding out because they threatened to like cut him off mm. that's his issue with that but then at the end I'm like well what about me like what what did I do to deserve that you know mm. and so when that did happen how did you feel in that moment. Oh my God, my world fell apart. All the relationships I've had in my life, I would say that he was the one I loved the most. He was the one that I felt like was like my true soulmate. Mm, yeah. And even to this day, I mean, it's been two years and I, I, I still love him and there's no love that's been lost. I, I want to find someone. I know if I find someone that I can be with or see long term with, I can easily lose that love for him but it just hasn't happened so it's like I just feel like I definitely have abandonment issues from this like for sure mm-hmm. um I'm afraid the next relationship I get into I'm gonna be like oh god like are you gonna leave too or if we get in an <laughs> argument and they just want to go for a walk I'm gonna assume that they're not coming back he's done this to me so many times like move back home so many times Mm. So um, that wasn't actually the first time that he just kind of took off and left to go home. Right. No, he's actually moved back um, to Maryland two different times. And then he was he literally had a flight book to come back so we can work it out. And his mom did not let him get on the plane. Like, I'm like, you're 32 years old. Like, <laughs> how are you not letting your mom like get you on the plane? And then I I flew up there and I was like, no, like we're going to talk about this. And um, that was the last time he came back. And his mother offered him five thousand dollars to leave me. Mm. Yeah. So I don't know what that is. Um, I mean, a narcissistic mom has raised a child and um, he's narcissistic, too, now. And, you know, he likes to manipulate it's certain ways to get his way. And I don't know. I, I, that's more about him. But it's just like I feel like, you know, I am not 
finding people. I don't know if it's the city I'm at, but I'm, I'm not finding people on my level of what, what I want for long term. Okay, so there's two things. There's looking to the past and seeing what we can learn without blaming ourselves, right. um, without making ourselves feel worse about ourselves. And then there's in the present, like what are the next steps that I need to do now? And then there's looking into the future of what do I really want to create? Like wh- who am I looking for? So let's start with looking back. It sounds like there were some red flags there already oh, yeah. that you maybe chose to overlook because you felt like he was your soulmate. Right. So it wasn't like completely shocking that he did that because he had done it before. And it sounds like there was some other stuff going on as well with him being manipulating and some stuff going on with his family and maybe some emotional immaturity around decision making. Yes. um, And I would definitely say that I'm surprised of it happening because of the commitment that he I mean, he's never been engaged. He did propose. I was like, okay, well, this time he can, he's probably never going to do that because this is such a huge thing for him to do, and that's why it was shocking. Not mm. because, I mean, of course, if we weren't engaged, I would have been like, oh, yeah, he's definitely going to do this again. It was more of the commitment, how deep the commitment got that I thought it wasn't going to happen, and he still did. Yeah, and so my perspective on that is commitment is how you show up every day. It's not yeah. what you do once. Um, commitment isn't about the proposal or when you say your vows. Commitment is how you are on a Monday morning, <laughs> like before you're going to work, when you're still tired and how you treat that. Yeah, person. I agree with that. I would say a lot of things were hidden in his part. He would say he was all about it, but I just didn't know there was more depth in it. Yeah. Um, although words of affirmation and romantic gestures, that's like you appreciate it and it's amazing. Um, the most important thing that you want to pay attention to is how somebody treats you on a regular basis in the ordinary moments, um, because everybody can do amazing things from time to time. Like we can all bring out like the extraordinary within us on an occasional basis. But the real, real commitment is shown through the daily actions and how they show up for you. Yeah. But the most challenging part is sometimes it's that we don't see the red flags, but the most challenging part is, do I have the courage to leave a situation that isn't right for me? Right. And at that moment, I can tell you this. I would have never left if he didn't leave me. And why do you think that is? Because I was like, I was so, I was so into wanting to be with him and making it work. I've left other marriages. Like, for example, my first husband, he's the father of my kids, great guy. I mean, we were young. I got pregnant four months into our relationship, so we tried to make it work, and he deserved better. I just wish I loved him like he loved me. It just didn't work out. And then in my second marriage, I got cheated on two months in my marriage and got stood up on my honeymoon cruise, and I didn't even give him another chance. My mom's like, never done anything horrible, and you're just not you're just going to give this marriage up. I'm like, well, yeah, two months in your marriage, I think it's pretty a good sign that it's going to be downhill from here. So mm-hmm. I've always thought, like, I didn't maybe, I didn't try hard enough in those relationships to make it work. So on this one, I was so determined to, no matter what, if I can, if I can love this person all the way through their bad and good, that it has to work. And I realized, no, it doesn't always work just because you love them. Yeah. And like, they have to show up that way as well. And so it sounds like even with the past relationship, the second marriage, he wasn't showing up that way. Like it takes two. 
like yes. your determination, but also theirs. And so even if you're really committed and wanting to make things work, if the other person isn't there as well, then it's just not going to work. And so I actually agree with you that it sounds like that was going downhill and you were jumping ship. And I think that was the right choice. Right, right. So I always put put myself like down in those divorces, like, okay, well, maybe, you know, maybe I'll try it differently. Maybe if I do show them that I have unconditional love and I will, you know, I accept their flaws because they accept mine, that we can work it out. He stopped putting all the effort in. Yeah. And so I definitely believe in like expanding our capacity to love people unconditionally, but that doesn't always mean that you stay in the relationship. Right. Um, and we have to be really careful with the term unconditional love when we're dating and in a relationship, because sometimes our, we use that as an excuse to not set boundaries, not have respect for ourselves. Yeah. And I feel like when you use that word, too, they think that they can do anything and you'll always be there. Exactly. And so that also hurts attraction when you come from that mindset as well. Um, and so unconditional love is never about. I'm suffering so that you can do whatever you want. Unconditional love is like what works for both of us. Like um, we, we communicated not too long ago after a whole year of not communicating. And even to this day, he'll say, I still love you. And until I'm over you, I'm not going to be in a relationship. And I just like think, I'm like, how do you think that this is love? Like you went a whole year without talking to me. You did everything you did in the past two years to me. He, I think he has a different concept of love, you know? Yeah, and so there's the emotions that we have, like the emotion of love, which can come like, you know, like after one date sometimes. Um, yeah. But again, there's like the action of love and how you choose to show up for somebody. And sometimes like it really is like too little too late. No, I totally agree with that because I was telling my girlfriend last night, I was like, you know, he says that. And they're like, oh, no, I believe that 100%. Like, I know that he loves you. And I'm like, yeah, but I think it's more like I have feelings for you still. It's not love. And they think mm -hmm. it's love. Yeah. Like, it pushed me to focus on myself. And that's why I started this podcast. Um, and it turned into, like, a self-care storytelling podcast where I have ther mm -hmm. therapists as guest speakers. And, you know, now yourself as a coach. I have a lot of people tell me, you know, how they resonate. And they're, you know, they're going through similar situations that I've been through, especially with my divorces and all, you know, I have plenty of stories. Um, <laughs> and But I will say that I, I'm not completely 100%, I guess, healed or where I want to be. But it taught me to have to force myself to love myself. I was letting this guy do everything. Mm. Not there yet, not that I'm working on it. Yeah, I think it's an ongoing practice. Like, I feel like I still have places that I don't love myself, and it's um, and new situations can bring up old fears, and you have to work through that. And so sometimes I actually think dating can be a really amazing experience for triggering yourself and letting that come up again so that you can heal it. Um, and sometimes like we think we need to heal by being alone for a really long time. And there may be a time and place for that as well. But I think there's a lot of growth in both experiences, like solitude and dating where you're being triggered and you're forced to come up against your biggest fears. I totally agree with that. Like, so what would you recommend if somebody had like anxiety about the, the person that they're dating's family not liking them. Yeah, I feel like I have that every Christmas, like <laughs> when you're dating <laughs> their family. <laughs> yeah. So um like for example in your situation where the mom didn't like you and didn't want him to be with you, mm -hmm. I would 
be more focused on how the person that I'm with feels about that. If they're really influenced and affected by that, then that's going to be a problem. Yeah. Yeah, but if they're not, then I would kind of go back to, like, did I know that I have love in my heart for this person? I'm not going to worry about trying to influence her or change her opinion because I think my intentions will become clear in time. Um, so I actually wouldn't like get to work trying to change her opinion. I would instead just like be the amazing girlfriend that I want to be for the person that I'm with. And as long as they're not like really affected by it and like influenced by it, then and if they are really affected and influenced by it, I would kind of question like, hey, do you a situation where they're not really appreciating you then? for the amazing girlfriend that you're being. And I definitely want to be with somebody who appreciates me, even based on like my behavior towards them, not based on somebody else's opinion about me who doesn't even know me very well. Exactly. Yeah. Cause she never gave me the chance to like get to know me. I I feel like the the reason why she just put that negative energy like towards me was because she thought, Oh, I'm now keeping him here when he came to college here and he didn't move back home. Now that she has them all to herself, she's all happy and dandy. And I mean, to the point where the first year of our breakup, we were seeing each other and we were communicating all the time. She found out and she literally threatened to like cut him off from the family. And and made this huge dramatic like thing about it and now it's to the point where he has me blocked everywhere and he's like i'm afraid that if i upset you angie that you're going to tell my family we're talking and i'm going to get shit from my family again so i that's that's how important it is to him and i'm just like oh my god don't that's obviously something he needs to work on but that's just crazy to me yeah i would definitely give that responsibility to him more as well Mm-hmm. Um, because it's his mom, he knows her, it's his family. If he has some stuff going on with her, then that's actually for him to handle, not you. Right, um, right. And like, whenever think- we would see each other, he would be like, oh, I'm going camping with my friends, and she would ask for photos, and I'm just like, I can't, I can't even be in this room right now, the fact that you're lying to her, and she's asking for you to prove it. Like, I just, like, mm-hmm. it's mind-blowing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what's the name of your program? The Solution to Dating Anxiety. Where can I get it at? You can get it on ambergrubman.com. Would you have a social media um, account? Just my personal account, which is ambergrubman on Instagram. All right. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. It's been really fun. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Everyone check out Amber's Dating Coach. Doing this for over a year now, right? Yes. I've been coaching for about three years, and then the podcast has been going for a year. And also, I think we all need to support our podcasters, especially when we're in the same um, field of dating, you know, or storytelling. Totally. Thank you so much for being on this podcast, and, you know, hopefully one day we can work together. And, hey, you never know. I might just get on your website and have to just, like, get a one-on-one coaching with you. Yeah. Some good stuff. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Did you know that on Spotify, you can listen to all of your favorite music and now you can listen to podcasts in one place for free? You don't even need a premium account. Spotify has a huge catalog of podcasts on every topic, especially the one that you're listening to right now. On Spotify, you can follow your favorite podcast so you never miss an episode. Premium users can download episodes to listen to while offline wherever you are. And you can share what you're listening to your friends on Instagram. If you haven't done so already, be sure to download the Spotify app and search for My Ugly Truth Podcast on Spotify or browse podcasts in the Your Library tab. Also, make sure to follow me so you never miss an episode of My Ugly Truth Podcast.
An unfiltered, uncensored, raw storytelling podcast. I'm tired and angry, but somebody should be. Welcome to another episode of my Ugly Truth Podcast. Save me a prayer.